I think life is meant to be messy. Like we have to give ourselves so much grace and realize that again, we are here to just simply be like nature, to shine, to love, to be whatever we decide to do to bless the world. It's icing on the cake. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Building a career around your passion? Well, that's the dream for so many of us, right? While it may be the goal and the vision, the secret to actually getting there isn't always shared. What we all need is an actionable plan. Koya Webb is a wellness visionary, author of Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, and founder of Get Loved Up, a conscious community that practices daily self-care and makes healthy living a priority to promote healing, social justice, and spiritual connection. She leads her students from feeling lost, confused, and unfulfilled to find their purpose and pursue it with confidence. I'm so eager to dig into the topics of wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and how they play into the search for purpose and alignment of career and passion. And because this is Gold Digger, Koya will share her actionable steps to get there. It's such a pleasure to share the mic with her. Here she is, Koya Webb. Gold Diggers, I have a podcast recommendation for you. If you like staying in the know when it comes to trends in business, well, you'll love My First Million podcast hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Pori, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. My First Million brainstorms new business ideas based on trends and opportunities in the market and shares the stories of how companies made their first million. It's conversational and interesting with insights on topics that we don't always get into on Gold Digger. NFTs with Gary Vaynerchuk, direct-to-consumer strategies, how vending machines are generating millions. Sean and Sam have their ear to the ground for the next big thing in business, and the guests are top-notch. Listen to My First Million wherever you go to get your podcasts. Koya, I am absolutely honored and thrilled to have you on the Gold Digger podcast, so welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It is just so good. Anytime I'm in your presence, whether it's just your voice, and I cannot wait to meet you in person, it's just, I get excited. It's amazing. And I'm just so grateful to to be able to have the opportunity to to watch another woman lead. And I just think you're so inspiring. And one of the things that I want to know as we dive into this show and who is Koya Webb is you are just this visionary. I, I When I think of you, I feel like the word that comes to mind is just vision. And so will you start off by just telling us, like, does your life and career right now look anything like you pictured it would when you were a young girl? Not at all. Not at all. And you asked the right questions because that is a question that I haven't gotten asked before. It did not at all look like I thought it was going to look like. I kid you not, Jenna. When I was growing up, and you can ask my brothers and my sisters and my family, because they're pretty much the only people who know this fact about me, I would say multiple times, I'm going to have eight kids. What? Really? 
not four, not two, not one and a half, eight kids. Wow. Okay. I'm like floored right now. Okay. So tell me about your life today. Like, what do you do? What, what is your work? Where does your pleasure come from? Like, give us kind of a feel for Koya Webb's reality. Well, you know, the, the funny part of, you know, that being my thought when I was young is the fact that I love nurturing others. Mm-hmm. I love nurturing. I love seeing people happy. And one of the women's taking care of me when I was younger, her name was Miss Smith, and she had 12 kids. And I was wow. so impressed by her, the way she loved and nourished not only her own kids, but others' kids. And she was just so loving. And so I think it's actually no surprise that now, like, I feel like I'm a nurturer of the world. You know, I get visions, as you said, like I do consider myself a visionary. I do get, you know, just divine downloads about different things just out of nowhere. And I feel like, you know, even moving from the South and for those, those listening in, I have no kids. I didn't, don't have eight, don't have one, (laughs) no kids. And I was raised in Tennessee and I now live in California. So making that transition from, you know, a Southern girl to a Cali girl. (laughs) I'm still the Southern girl at heart. But the one thing that didn't change is my love for people and my love for nurturing people, my passion to help in any way that I can. So basically everything that I do, including all the wellness and and all the products and all of the, the classes and the courses I do is based on my desire to nurture. Mm. That's so beautiful. And it's so important sometimes to kind of see like what your vision was and what it was rooted in. Because sometimes it's like the vision itself might not be the way that it unfolds or the way that it actually appears. But how it was rooted was, was really where your skills and your passion lies. So I'm curious for you, you know, how did you become an entrepreneur? How did you become this well-known name in, in so many different spaces? What did that journey look like for you? Well, again, as a little girl, I had no idea. Like I was, we were very poor. Like I grew up in a trailer and it was six of us, my mom, my dad, and I have three brothers and sisters. So six total. I got all my clothes from the helping hand. I grew up on powdered milk and I just considered every day a blessing. Every single day that we had food and we had close to where it was a blessing. So I have very humble, you know, beginnings. And I remember, you know, thinking like one day we'll get a house one day because it wasn't a double wide either. It was a regular (laughs) trailer, but I was just happy to have a place to stay. And I remember my dad would say a lot, you know, you have to, you know, there's a lot of value in a dollar. And I want you to appreciate everything that you have. And I think I learned to appreciate the little things that are beyond physical, like the time spent playing outside. I remember I get so excited to go outside after the rain, because Mm -hmm. then that means I can make mud pies. And at that time, my mom wouldn't let me in the kitchen. I love to smell the pound cakes baking in the oven. And my mom's like, nope, stay out of the kitchen. You're going to burn yourself. So when it rained, I go outside and I would make these mud pies and pretend like I was smelling them and eating them and (laughs) serving them. So I think just growing up, having, you know, not only that desire to nurture, but also just 
respecting the the quality time with people, connecting with nature. Because as a country girl, I was a tomboy as well. So I got Mm -hmm. out of nature. I was always outside and our house wasn't that big. So it wasn't really fun inside anyway. (laughs) So I think that passion also for natural healing, my mom and dad were always like, drink some water, you know, Uh, oh, just sit in the corner. It'll go away. If anything was hurt, we never went to the doctor because of course we couldn't afford it. So I got a passion for natural healing and the books that I would gravitate to on the shelves when I was a little girl with a natural healing book. So whether it was a cough, a cold, like whatever, as I started to mature as a woman, like understanding my menstrual cycle and things like that, like I was always fascinated by the human body. I was also always fascinated by its ability to heal. So when I got old enough, I actually started playing sports and I started playing sports because it was my ticket out of the house. It was crammed in there. It was not fun. And um, I lived about 15 minutes outside of the city. So I was like, goodness, like, yes, give me a sport. I'll do whatever. I just want to get away from the house. I want to see new things. I always had a desire to travel. So I started, first I started track and field, and this is in high school. So until high school, I didn't play any sports. And I started on the track and it gave me an outlet because mm. growing up, I was a, we were a typical Southern Christian family. So I got whoopings. I got, you know, I was a very strict household. So there was a lot of me feeling like I couldn't say and do and be really. And it really shut me down at a young age, especially being a Leo, being expressive (laughs) and fierce. A lot of times I was, you know, given a message, you know, be seen and not heard, know your place and just, you know, always calm down. You know, (laughs) that's what I would hear my whole child, calm down. And, you know, and there really wasn't a space for my level of energy growing up. And so when I decided to do track and field, there was a space, there was an outlet for the energy that I felt inside. And so that was the first place where I learned, you know, my energy. I connected, you know, spiritually, not only like in my church, but also when I would do these events, there was a deeper sense of just connection. I learned how to connect with other people a little bit more because again, out in the country, you're not around people all the time. So that was kind of my first intro into athletics. And that really pulled me into connecting with people. And I took that on to the college scholarship. But my sophomore year in college, I got an injury and I had a stress fracture in my back. And that's when I found yoga for the first time. And I thought my career was over. I was like, wow, this beautiful thing that allowed me to travel the world and see all the things. And that's all I wanted to do as a young girl. I was like, I want to meet people. Like once I got out of the country, I was like, oh, I want to see the world. And every time we go on a family trip, I was like, this is amazing people, different cultures, different types. It's more than just, you know, in, in the South, there's just black and white, you know, but I was fascinated by different people, different lifestyles, different cultures. And I wanted to see it and taste it all. I was a big foodie back then, as I still am now. (laughs) So I was just like, I want to see it all. And so track gave me that opportunity. So when I got injured, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I didn't have a plan B at all. Mm -hmm. So I went into depression and I was crying in classes and my teacher sent me to the counselor and the counselor sent me to a yoga class. And I remember not fitting in. I'm like, I can't do this. Here I am a tight athlete. I cannot even touch my toes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, this is not bliss. How is this going to help me feel better? I feel out of place. It hurts. And I don't know what these people are on, but 
but I'm not on it. Right? I don't got it. And so the teacher saw me struggling. She's like, Koya, I want you to just breathe. And she took this mm-hmm. deep breath with me. And I remember feeling chills all over my body. I'm like, that felt good. That felt really good. And she said, I don't want you to worry about the poses. I just want you to focus on breathing and do whatever feels good. I was like, I can do that. So literally some days I go in there and breathe and cry and breathe and maybe do one or two poses, but just like be in my own space on my mat. And I had full permission. And that was the most beautiful thing that had happened to me in my life because I realized there was a lot of things that had happened in my childhood and, and, you know, over my journey as an athlete that I had really hadn't processed. And all this was coming up right here on my mat and I had full permission to feel it all. And so after a year of sobbing and slobbing on my mat, I, I healed my body, but also my mind and my spirit. And I actually went back to the track won my conference meet and led my school, Wichita State, to their first, you know, women's championship in track and field. And I was like, wow, thank you, yoga. Like I have my life back, you know? And so I thought that was, you know, I thought that was my ticket. I actually went to California doing a track trip. And when I felt the weather, the energy, I was like, I'm moving to California when I graduate. (laughs) So with being 13th in the nation now, my numbers were just below what I needed to get into the Olympic Training Center. So I said, I'm moving to California. I'm going to train the Olympic Training Center. I'm going to the Olympics, you know? And I was that Mm -hmm. ambitious. I've been that ambitious my whole life. People say, where do you get it from? I'm like, I don't know. It's just in my soul. And then um, I even had a boyfriend at the time. He's like, what? You're going where? I don't want to go to California. And I was like, sorry, bud. I'm headed (laughs) out. You're either coming or you're staying. So unfortunately, he didn't come. But that was a heartbreak. And then when I got to California, I didn't know anybody. Like I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any cousins. I didn't know a soul. I literally called up a track coach on the phone and was like, will you train me? And he said, yes. And I started training, but with the pressure of like, you know, California rent. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was working as a personal trainer. I got injured again, you know, and this time, by the way, I'd say thank you yoga, but I didn't continue it. I was just like, thank you. I'm back on the track. I'm training hard. So when I got injured the second time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to yoga because that's what healed me the first time. So I'm going back. So I go back And this time I'm like, man, why do I feel so good? And I wanted to learn more about the practice of yoga, Mm -hmm. you know, the things behind. Why do I feel good when I'm doing the breath work and these poses? Why do I feel these chills in my body? Why do I feel this bliss state after, you know, Shavasana? And so I decided to do a yoga teacher training. That's when my life really changed. And so now, fast forward to now, I have, you know, one of the top holistic health and yoga schools in the world. We have been online because of the pandemic, but now we are going back in person in 2022. And it really started for me, it being the catalyst for my own personal healing. But I never knew it would help me face all my fears and also write my first book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. Koya, this story is just so beautiful. And I think too, it's so interesting to trace your journey. I feel like 
as an achiever, as someone who measures their output and things like that. I know yoga for me was so challenging at first. I hated Shavasana. I was like, let me just leave the room. My brain is going too fast. My workout is done without recognizing the practice. And, you know, it was one of those things where it's like when you really come home to yourself on your mat, it's literally transformative and it changes the way you look at you know, efficiency and working out and, and that it's not about those things. It's about so much more. I just, I love that story. What event did you do in track just out of curiosity? Oh yeah. I did the heptathlon, which is seven events. Oh my Lanta. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. So walk me through One of the things that I think is something that a lot of women are exploring these days is identity, right? Like we love to box ourselves up. We love to claim titles. We love to use titles. And I feel like so many women are on the cusp of these identity shifts, but a lot of people are resisting because we finally got quiet enough to ask ourselves some of those bigger, harder questions, but we might not be listening to the answers. And so You've kind of had to shift your identity multiple times based on your childhood visions or what you thought about going to the Olympics or things like that. Walk me through your process of kind of owning who you are and being accepting for change. Oh, that is a phenomenal question. And I was actually just at a brunch and they were, you know, asking like, who are you? And Mm -hmm. My answer was, I'm love expanding. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I am a vibration of love. I'm an energetic being. I feel more so that I identify as a spiritual being having a human experience. And during my human experience, it's one side of me is trying to heal (laughs) from all of the trauma that I've experienced up until now and and heal from what it means to be born in this body, right? In this world, in this culture. And then there's another side of me that wants to fully express authentically and loudly and just just shine, you know? And so I feel, to answer your question, I, I feel like that we all have this opportunity to just be, you know, whatever we're going through, if we're not feeling great, we can, we cannot feel great. And that's okay. And we're feeling like we're on top of the world. We can scream to the top of our lungs and that's okay. You know, just giving ourselves permission to experience the duality of life, Hmm. I think is something that we, especially as women can give ourselves permission to more and, and trying not to so much attach to the labels. And this is me saying this as a very ambitious person who loves doing the things, you know, what really helped me build my career was honestly doing all the things that brought me joy. And I talk about this in my book, I created a love bank, you know, and it's just arbitrary. You can have a container or a mason jar or whatever, and literally write down all the things that make you happy. 
that just bring you joy. And some of those things for me, I, I did massage. When I was in college, me and a boyfriend, we both loved massage. So we got this massage book and we just learned how to do great massages. So when I moved into my apartment at a complex that I could not afford, that I am still in 12 years later, <laughs> <laughs> which rarely comes out on podcasts, but I, I remember going into this uh, studio place and um. I was like, okay, this I can afford this. I'm barely hitting this number, but I, I can do this. All right, I want to live here just to be by the water and in this environment that I feel is is amazing. And the I guess the person from the leasing office he's like, yeah, but you know, for just three hundred dollars more, you can get a one bedroom with a kitchen and a step down and a walk in closet. And I was like. Nope, I don't want to see it because I'm probably going to want it and I can't afford it. He was like, mm-hmm. no, no, I think you should look at it. And I was like, all right. So I look at it and of course I fall in love with it. It's beautiful, big closet. I love clothes, a big closet, nice kitchen. I love food. You know, so I'm like, it's hitting all my yes emotions. And so. I say, all right, I want it. And so I'm like, how am I going to afford this place? Um, I was already stretching it to afford the studio. So I decided, hey, you're good at massage. Buy a table from Costco, start giving people massages. (laughs) So that's exactly what I did, you know, because it brought me joy to nourish people and make people feel good. So I, I started massages. And that's when I learned also that massaging is very exhausting. And <laughs> so, but after doing it successfully, I actually started cooking in this now bigger kitchen that I had. And then I started my food business called Koya's Cuisine. And I, I wrote a little self-published book. You can actually find it on Amazon. I mean, it's it's hilarious. I'm actually working on a new cookbook now with the same title, but it was just a passion project. I was just like, I love food and I'm eating healthier now. I've been vegan for 16 years now. And it's just a path that I chose that, you know, again, after researching and looking at all the things, it just made me feel good. And so... I decided, hey, I want to introduce this food to my family, but it's hard. I don't want to go down the whole explanation. I feel like, you know, it's kind of separating and people get a little bit nervous and it it shifts the energy when I talk about it. I just want to make it and I want to give people these recipes so they can try it themselves if they're interested. So I wrote that book because that brought me joy. And then I just kept doing things. I actually did some acting and I appeared on some TV shows. I've worked with celebrities. I just kept doing whatever the heck I wanted that brought me joy. And now, you know, having a book and having my own yoga school and choosing to be a spiritual leader, choosing to talk about spirituality and love conscious, choosing to talk about well-being and and how to live a healthy lifestyle, and also choosing now that I've built a career to help others build on is all still my same passion of wanting to nurture others. I just found the ways that I enjoyed the most and that people enjoyed the most as well. And that's my career. Oh my gosh. It's incredible that you, well, one thing that I love about you, Koya, is you don't shy away from the fact that you are a multi-hyphenate woman, which we all are. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I think because of the way society is and titles and all of those things, I think it's easy for us to claim a title and have that become our identity. But 
we are all multi-passionate, multifaceted human beings. And listening to all the avenues you went down that were all rooted in passion, I think it's so inspiring. I want to know, this is such an actionable like workshop style podcast. Have you identified any steps that are key in terms of like an action plan that allowed you to help to successfully build a life and career that's true to your purpose and that's aligned with your passion. Because I think a lot of times people have a hard time connecting the dots from, well, I like doing this thing to, well, this could be a part of my life and my career and my impact. Right. I absolutely do. You know, and I feel like, you know, the first step is just you know, acknowledging what you like. Sometimes we might like things and we're like, oh, well, I'm never going to be good at that or I'm not good at as Jenna is at that, you know, and we just mm-hmm. take away the joy when we do that. We're comparing ourselves to other people and that just takes away the joy. So if you can do what you're passionate about without comparing yourself, without trying to think about the numbers yet, you know, that comes, you know, and there's a space for that. But in the beginning, it's really about figuring out, is this really a passion or is this something I saw someone else doing that I like? You know, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people will look at other people. Oh, well, this person did that. And I'm kind of I kind of like that. So I'm going to try to do it to see if I could be successful at it. But there is a vetting process, just like we, you know, vet people that we're dating, just like we vet restaurants that we like. Like there is a vetting process when it comes to your career. You can't just hop on the train and say you want to roll. You want to ride it to Kalamazoo. You know, (laughs) you have to kind of vet different things that you're passionate about and make sure it's not just. It's not just a fling. It's not just infatuation, right? Mm -hmm. The same things that we can experience in dating, we can experience in our career. So you really have to make sure this is something that you can be doing for four, five, 10 years and it's still going to bring you joy. And it doesn't have to, but you at least need that initial feeling of bliss when you're doing it, or you're not going to be able to get through the trials and tribulations that you know we all experience Mm -hmm. on the road to entrepreneurship, because it ain't going to be easy. You know, you get that first couple months of bliss where everything's going. And then when stuff hits the fan, you got to be willing to stick with it. And if you don't have the passion, then you know, it'll be on to the next thing. So I think it's important to have a vetting process to everyone listening that if you're not super clear on exactly what you want to do, do a couple things Mm -hmm. that bring you joy and see which one rises to the top, you know, and I do that all the time. It's just like, I'm doing the things, even now I'm doing the things that bring me joy and the things that I don't like, I get somebody else. I'm like, who, who likes this? Like, does anyone else (laughs) want to do this? Because I've lost my desire to do it right now. And we all know in entrepreneurship, the more that you can have other people doing the things in your company that you don't find joy in, the more you're going to grow, the more you're going to expand. Right. And so I think the first number one step is just acknowledge what you like and just start doing it. Immerse yourself in it, study it, read about it, write about it, be about it, and then see if you still have that passion or if you're exhausted after the first three months. And then once you find that thing that you really like, oh, this is my thing, then surround yourself in the community of it. Like, you know, have mentors, you know, that that are doing it. Be around people that are doing You don't really immerse yourself in the culture of what it is you're passionate about. And then I feel like I really believe in apprenticeship 
I really believe in in mastermind. So really not only hanging out, but even working, whether it be I did shadowing. I remember I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist, you know, so I shadowed a physical therapist and I was like, oh, yeah, they make good money, but they don't have a lot of time with their family. And I really value mm-hmm. family. And then I interviewed a social worker. And a social worker, they loved their work, but they weren't making the finances quite that they wanted to make. And then I interviewed a personal trainer and they were making the money they wanted to make. They loved the service they have. And I was like, oh, so that's literally how I chose to be a personal trainer. So I feel like the vetting process is is really important. And then having someone that you can shadow that's done it. They've already yeah. done it. So you're taking their advice and they're saving you some some of the mistakes that they made. So you don't have to bump your heads as, as many times as they did. I think that's number two. And then number three is consistency. At the end of the day, after you get into something you like, you're passionate about, you're serving your community, you're feeling good. I think it's just the consistency and showing up every day with breaks, with healthy boundaries, with, you know, balance with the rest of your life, that would be the third thing. And the fourth thing, just getting feedback. How are people responding to how you're serving? And once you have that, I feel like those are the steps that I take with anything I'm challenged. I look at, I go through that process for every single thing. And those things that are meant to be, they always rise to the top. If you've reached a point in your business where a customer relationship management platform is necessary to keep growing to the next level, well, you'll want to work with a CRM that's simple and seamless to implement and use. HubSpot's powerful CRM platform is easy to adopt, which leads to better data, richer insights, and a bigger impact on customer experience. Tools like HubSpot's contact timeline give you the historical context you need to get work done and connect with customers. And because all of your customer data is in one place, it can serve as a single source of information about each customer's history with your brand. Past conversations, messages, all of it. And you can take action right from the contact timeline. Make a call, enroll a contact in a sequence, schedule a meeting, and more. And if you're on the go, you can use the HubSpot mobile app. Super key for our constantly evolving online businesses. Learn more about how you can scale your company without scaling complexity at HubSpot.com. You might not know this about me, but one of my favorite roles that I play in life is being a host. That's why Drew and I are hosts on Airbnb. If you want to generate extra income and have space to share, you should definitely check out Airbnb. As a mom and full-time entrepreneur, it's been super easy to fit hosting into my schedule. Over the last few years, we've had many visitors and we've even been voted super host several times. Whether you've bought properties as an investment or have unused rooms waiting to be shared, hosting on Airbnb is the practical and profitable choice. And just think about it. If you've put a ton of time, effort, and work into your home, someone out there probably would love to experience it while they're traveling. So next time you're planning a trip or want to make some extra pocket change from your spaces, consider hosting on Airbnb. The hosting process is simple, practical, and tailored to you. Your home might be worth more than you think, Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You touched on something that I think is so critical and I think something that you are exceptional at, whether it's an incompetent competence or just this piece of you that you prioritize. But I think, you know, you kind of touched on this idea of 
balance and, you know, having, you know, time for self-care and making sure that your soul is filled through the work you do. I'm super curious, you know, I think with every topic that is popular or that is mainstream, there are thoughts on it. What are your thoughts on the whole self-care movement and what do you really think self-care is? Uh, Self-care to me is just honoring yourself. Knowing that unless you make sure you're taken care of mentally, spiritually, and physically, then you'll be doing a disservice to others. Knowing that if you are well, and the more well you are, the more you can serve. Because I feel like we have it the other way around. We think, mm-hmm. oh, I'll do all this. I'll do all this. I'll do all that. And then I'll get to my my workout. I'll get to my meditation. I'll get to those things that I said I'm going to do for myself. And really, we have to flip that around. And I have to do it myself. Look, I'm not, I'm not perfect <laughs> at this at all. I always have to constantly check myself because, you know, I'm a lover at heart and people are needy by nature. You know, I mean, yes. it's like I always want to pour and, you know, people are always going to want to receive. So I had to learn to create healthy boundaries in my life. So even though this feels good and this feels real good and I get high off of service, I also get exhausted, you know, and I also need to fill my cup so I don't become depleted and resentful. So I had to learn and I did learn the hard way by many days and years, to be honest, of exhaustion, like kept hitting the wall of exhaustion, kept hitting the wall of overwhelm. Until I said, like, Koya, you are doing a disservice to your community when you set, let yourself burn out to the point that you don't want to take phone calls and that you can't, mm-hmm. you don't have time with your friends and you don't have time. Like, you're, you're, it's a disservice, you know? So I really had to get serious with myself and, and a little bit disciplined because, you know, as we, you know, start to move into our own career, we don't have our parents telling us, you know, okay, look, you're doing too much. So we really have to have some type of discipline. And in my book, I talked, I had a whole chapter on the freedom of discipline. And a lot of times people look at the word discipline as like, you know, really hard and kind of militant, right? But to me, there's freedom and discipline because the more space you create in your schedule, and I do this in the morning, in the morning, I have like, you know, two hours, you know, when I wake up a minimum that I devote to my spiritual time and connecting with God and just, you know, prayer, meditation, yoga. Sometimes I have at least twice a week, I'll have friends over and we'll do yoga together, walking together, time in nature. And that just sets the tone of my day, you know, because I'm there serving and connecting and it's not part of my job. Even though I do similar things in my work to others, it's literally just connecting in a very authentic way to nature, to spirit and to people that I love and adore. And then I work from 11 to five. And then at the end of my day, it's I'm open for like dinners and, you know, hanging out. And I'm doing that as opposed to literally from the day I work up, hit social media, social media all day, work all day, emails all day until 10 o'clock. And I go to bed with my phone on the side of my face. (laughs) So it was a big growth step for me. Talk to me about boundaries because I can tell for you, you know, I think for a lot of us, we start out as like the yes girls, right? Like you say yes to everything. And I think for a lot of us too, there's this fear of like, 
Is this my big break? Is this my one chance? Am I going to lose momentum? Am I going to lose friendships if I say no? And you touched on boundaries, but walk me through like how you set and maintain boundaries. Cause I think that's one of the hardest things for women achievers to do. It's so true. And I have to ask myself the question, does it energize you or does it train you? Yeah. You know, and if it energizes you, okay. And some things can shift and that's okay, but you have to be honest with yourself. Is this thing energizing me or is it draining me? And that's a great way to start setting healthy boundaries because it's not personal. It's not about a person. It's not about event, but you got to ask yourself because it could be maybe the event is too stimulating or maybe you are just tired and need some rest. Right. So you create a healthy boundary. Like if I'm going to an event, because I used to do events all the time, these wellness events. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> I go in this wellness event and from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. We got things scheduled back to back yeah. to back to back. And let me tell you, and I and then before I go to sleep, I, I have to produce the content and edit yeah. the content <laughs> for this wellness event. And let me tell you, I don't feel well. I'm tired. Right. I'm exhausted. I got bags under my eyes. I'm like, I am not OK. You know, so when I started setting up my retreats, I would, you know, we'd have a yoga session in the morning. We'd have a yoga session in the evening, maybe one workshop. Other than that, free time. And I give people things to do. You can write, you can go on an adventure, you know, but just spaciousness to breathe, to process, to be, to take a nap if you want to, you know. (laughs) And so I really start understanding the importance of creating healthy boundaries and giving yourself space, space to breathe. Number one, it's just space to sleep. Number two, and also space to process because we are in, we are both in the entrepreneur field where we want all the information you like thing after thing after thing after thing. And look, like, I love it. Like I get on every podcast and I love every self-help book, but what I'm doing now that has helped me, what which I wasn't doing this in the beginning, I give myself to process information. So if I go on a weekend, you know, mastermind, then I give myself all next week to process that content, to write about mm-hmm. that content. How does this content make me feel and what things am I going to keep and make a part of my community and what, what things are just not me? You know, I think sometimes we're quick to go to a book or go to an event and we want to implement every single thing that we heard. Well, that's literally impossible because you might have different visions than the teacher. So I think giving yourself time to process, to sleep and to just rest so that you're not like physically taken out are some important things in creating healthy boundaries. One of the things I saw you recently shared was your morning routine. And I love routines. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes I laugh at them because I'm like, as a mom to a toddler, they're not always attainable, right? Like they're not always a leisurely morning journaling and sipping your lemon water. But I think there is something to be said about setting yourself up and setting your day up. Will you walk me through your morning routine? Because I loved reading about it and I want to hear more. Absolutely. And I laugh when you say that because I remember (laughs) for Mother's Day, I treated my sister with being a mom to her two daughters, my two nieces for three days and just giving her a full on break. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Morning routine. Not that easy. Gone. (laughs) Sleep as long as you possibly can and then roll out of bed and get going. (laughs) Yeah. And it was so funny. But, you know, 
what I did because I feel like, you know, I've always had that mothering heart. Is like, I was just like, all right, we're all drinking lemon water. We're all yes. doing green juice. We're all having this smoothie, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't always work. But I feel like for me in that whole path of like, you know, lemon water, green juice and smoothie is a protocol that I got from one of my dear friends, Anthony William, medical medium. And if, if you don't know about him, wow, I definitely highly suggest people check out his book, Life Changing Foods, because I feel that a lot of people talk about intermittent fasting and a lot of people do it, but a lot of times it's in a way that might not be the most beneficial for their systems. And when he showed me this system of, in a way it is an intermittent fast because you're basically having liquids for the first part of the day to flush and clean your body out. So when I found that, I was like, wow, I love this because I love green juices. I have smoothies every day already and I have the lemon water. So I'm just adding this green juice or this celery juice right in the middle. I'm like, I'm digging this. And then when I put my practices with it, I do the meditation and journaling, which helps me process anything from the day before, any frustrations, any hangups, anything that's still lingering after a good night's sleep where I'm, if I'm not in bliss, I'm writing about it. You know, mm-hmm. and I do this thing called transformational letter writing where I practice forgiveness every morning. If anything is weighing on my heart, if I'm at any time outside a space of pure love and devotion in the morning, I'm writing about it. I'm putting it on paper. And then I and then I have my water and then I go into my yoga practice. And in that practice, I'm moving my body. I'm feeling how my body is doing. I'm breathing. I'm connecting. And so it's sacred to me because it's a time for me to check in. Sometimes my knee hurts. I ruptured my ACL when I was playing basketball. And then sometimes my back hurts. That's had a stress fracture in my lower back when I, you know, got my track injury. So, you know, as I get older and older things, I start feeling like how I feel and I breathe into those areas and just send my body a little love. So it's very nurturing. And then I have my green juice, which is, you know, really nourishing. And then I go for a walk, you know, and I know this is, seems like, oh, like people might be listening, like, oh, there, I wish I could, you know, have a morning <laughs> like that. But honestly, I had to make it a priority because anybody cannot have time for it. And I didn't have time for it until I made mm-hmm. time for it. And I will say I'm not perfect. Like it doesn't happen every time. And when I'm taking care of babies, <laughs> definitely <laughs> it's way, 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 way more challenging. But it's the intention around it. And it's Mm -hmm. doing it more times than not and doing as much as possible. And then after I have my smoothie, I'm like, all right, I'm ready for work, you know, and doing that is a way to nourish myself. So even if I don't only do one of those things, that's the ideal, by the way, that's the Mm -hmm. ideal that happens like maybe three times a week. But maybe the other days I have one of those things or two of those things, or maybe a practice gets cut off. I don't do yoga, but I do the writing and I go for a walk. So it's not about being perfect. It's about knowing what makes you feel your best and Mm -hmm. putting that into a morning routine. So I actually have people structure their own routines based on whether they have 30 minutes or three hours. Here's a life and work hack for you. Ever since I started getting dressed in the mornings before working from home, I have been more productive and efficient. I guess the saying dress for success is actually true, which is why I am obsessed with quince. Quince offers luxury fashion without the hefty price tag. With prices ranging from 50 to 80% less than similar brands, it's a no-brainer to choose Quince for timeless style at unbeatable prices. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman, passing the savings on to us, the savvy shoppers. 
Personally, I've snagged the Italian leather bow ballet flats. They've truly become a wardrobe staple. And let's not forget about their stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, which adds this touch of sophistication to any outfit. Whether I'm working from home, dressing up for a date night or a play date with friends, Quince always delivers in style, quality, and affordability. If you're ready to elevate your wardrobe without breaking the bank, join me in embracing the Quince revolution. Trust me, your closet and your wallet will thank you. Indulge in affordable luxury at quince.com slash gold digger for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash gold digger to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Let me tell you, I love it when I find a way to blend style and comfort. This is why I am obsessed with Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed a breeze. We're talking minimalist, effortless, yet totally refined, which is exactly my vibe. I wear Jenny Kane's house slippers every single day. I even sent a pair to my best friend and I've been on the hunt for the perfect shoe for travel. I just grabbed their suede kitten heels. They are timeless, easy to pack. And when I wear them, I get compliments and it also helps that they are super comfortable. I've also got a quick shout out their sweaters. The oversized cotton fisherman and the cotton cocoon are perfection for everyday wear. And even as the weather warms up, they are absolutely staying in my rotation. Now, the best part about this brand is that you can mix and match the pieces effortlessly. Pair their sweaters with classic denim or a simple slip dress, and you've got a look that's put together without even trying. Jenny Kane believes in the art of simplicity. And on top of the amazing clothes, they even have home essentials. We're talking timeless furniture, cozy pillows and throws, and the most incredible candles. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code GOLDDIGGER15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code GOLDDIGGER15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. I'm pretty well versed in social media, but there was one major platform on the internet that I didn't know how to use to its max potential, and that was LinkedIn. Can you relate? With LinkedIn ads, you'll learn how to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach even more of your audience. Imagine having direct access to decision makers. We're talking about a billion members, 180 million senior level executives, and 10 million C-level executives. Now, trust me, that is a network you want to be a part of. LinkedIn provides targeting and measurement tools specifically designed for B2B. In fact, in the tech world, LinkedIn generated two to five times higher return on ad spend than other social media platforms. And here's the best part. You're not alone. LinkedIn respects the b B2B world we operate in. In fact, 79% of B2B content marketers say that LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's right. LinkedIn ads helps build connection and results. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. I was just going to say, I feel like you, I think so many of us take this like all or nothing approach to everything, right? Like right. 
if I can't do an hour long yoga practice, there's no sense. And it's been interesting to navigating like pregnancy and being a mom to a toddler and running a business and all these things where I'm like, okay, like 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. Like how Mm -hmm. do we prioritize these things? Sipping lemon water while reading a morning story to my daughter is better than not at all. And you know, it's, I think that one thing that the pandemic and the shift in the world and everything that's happened has taught us is that there are so many areas of gray and there should be more of it where we shouldn't process everything as an all or nothing because a lot of times we're going to choose nothing. right? Right. And so I love that because I think being flexible in that, but also just recognizing like, Hey, it's not going to be perfect. And it's not meant to be perfect is a beautiful thing. And I just, I loved learning that about you and just kind of imagining what your mornings look like. I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah. I think life is meant to be messy, you know, and we have to give ourselves so much grace and realize that again, we are here to just simply be like nature, Mm -hmm. to shine, to love, to be whatever we decide to do to bless the world. It's icing on the cake. Yes. But if we just wake up or if we just stay in the bed, you know, I tell people, yeah, this is my running routine. But sometimes I have waffles like this morning. I had a waffle. I had French toast, amazing. And, you know, my impossible sausage. You know, So it's like, you know, you got to you really have to understand that there are no absolutes. And I'm in a lot of communities that are very, you know, a little bit strict and stringent and absolutist. But my spiritual practice allows me to see beyond a box in every scenario and allows me to see that there are no boxes. There are just, there's just beingness. And at the end of the day, we're all connected energetically to each other. We're all connected to nature. And in this oneness, I am suffering and I am in pure bliss every single day. Mm. One thing that I am absolutely thrilled about 2021 is that it brought you on to Growth Day. Can you share a little bit about your experience? I was so excited when you came on and it was so fun because your first teaching on Growth Day, which is a platform all about personal development, was right after my session. So I got to teach and then I got to learn. And I was just so excited when Brenda Burchard announced that you were joining the platform. Talk to me about that. It's been such a treat. Wow. I mean, first of all, I want to say, Jenna, you like the sisterhood that you've shown me, like seriously, just through social media, I cannot wait to meet you and hug you in person and thank you eyeball to eyeball. (laughs) But just a sisterhood of like the little text, like people underestimate how the simple text of like, I'm here for you or let me know if you need anything, especially to other strong women. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. always think, oh, the person doesn't have time or they already know or they don't want to hear it. like and, and just the way that you reached out to me and supported me and like was like, I'm here for you. And, you know, even being there for my first session and just staying on like you got plenty of things to do. You're fierce mama over there. You got, you know, all these things happening and book writing and stuff you do. And you were there for me. And that just means so much to me. And for me, being a part of Growth Day is being a part of a family of honestly people that inspire me, people that I feel like have a common mission of doing good in the world and bringing good in the world. And of course, in growing and consistent growth and evolution. But what means the most to me is like just the friendships that I've already cultivated 
you know, online and just feeling like I have support. I know coming out here by myself and also being single, sometimes it can be very lonely. And I know some people who out there who are single feel very lonely at times, like, man, like who has my back and like, who can I reach out to? Like I'm supporting so many people, but like, man, I I feel like, I mean, yes, I got God and that's the biggest support you could ever ask for. But sometimes having a human person that you can lean on. And so being a part of growth day, like with Brendan Bouchard, he was one of my first teachers when it comes to like online growth, personal and, you know, professional development and serving with a purpose, you know, so to find someone who is doing it with integrity and with heart and with so much passion was just captivating to me. So I would listen to all of his YouTube videos and really get really get excited because I was like, oh yeah, he's speaking to my soul right now. And so, you know, taking his first, you know, classes and getting all his books and all his productivity planners and things like that. It was just, it was just amazing. And so after my growth and evolution, having him come say to me, Hey, Koya, you know, I would love for you to join my team. I'm like, huh? (laughs) Who? Me? Who? Me? Like what? And so I was floored, excited, ecstatic. And I'm just like still in a place of awe of this community and the people that I've met already and just how supportive and nurturing it is. And also the community, our collective community, like, you know, seeing the messages and the people are like, wow, thank you so much because, you know, I am super productive, but I need to learn to be well. I need to learn to, you know, have a morning routine and, and to connect spiritually, you know, every single day and how important that is to my productivity. And so giving them the practical tools that can, you know, help productivity, you know, especially in a space of entrepreneurship, I think is kind of my sweet spot and where I feel like I add value to our collective community. So being part of this family, that is the Growth Day team and the Growth Day app, and also being a part of this this community that is focused on personal and professional development is just, it fuels my soul so much because I, I'm at that point in my life where I feel like I'm living my purpose fully mm. and there is nothing better than that. Mm, that's so beautiful. It's been just so amazing getting to teach alongside of you and be a student of yours. And that's just been such a gift. What is one thing as we're winding down the year, as we're starting to think about what's to come, what is something that is just like electrifying your soul, like getting you just so excited? What's something that you're working on? Oh my goodness. So many things. Okay. (laughs) I have to pick one thing Uh, to be honest. It is the death and rebirth of me and my company. Mm. You know, sometimes you have to completely let things go and surrender before they can be rebuilt in a brand new way. It's almost, I I like to call it sandcastling, you know, and sometimes, you know, you can build something really beautiful and really magnificent, but everything has a season, Right. And so right now I'm really excited about this season of everything that I've built up into now and all of this messiness and all of its passion and all of the beauty that it was. I'm excited about it getting refined. Mm. I'm excited about maturing not only myself and going into this next phase of my my service, but also seeing that happen throughout my entire company and throughout my entire brand. Wow. Well, 
I like now I'm just like at the edge of my seat. Like I can't wait to see what comes of this. Koya, where can everybody find you, learn more about you, check out all of your work? Give me all the places we can connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Like it's just been a joy to like just talk with you, connect with you. And I can't wait to see you in person. And you can, everyone can find me at KoyaWeb.com, K-O-Y-A-W-E-B-B. Also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I have videos, breath work, yoga, meditation, all of it's right there. Free content on YouTube and, and all the social media channels. And also my company, Get Loved Up which is all about, you know, self-care, oneness and eco-friendly living. So living the lifestyle with other people who have decided to, you know, be in the community of wellness and around other people who are like, you know what, I'm devoting my life to this. And you can find that at Get Loved Up on Instagram and also getlovedup.com. Koya, you are such a treat. This episode is such a gift. Thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast today. It was such an amazing interview. Thank you so much for having me. Virtual hugs. (laughs) I told Koya after we finished the interview that just listening to her, I feel like I take deeper breaths. I feel my shoulders loosen. I feel the desire to hit a downward dog and to just come home to myself through my breathing. And following her is a lot like that. So if you haven't followed her yet, please go do so. She is just a beautiful soul and spirit to follow online. But it's also been such a treat teaching alongside of her on Growth Day. If you want to check out more about Growth Day, there's a 14-day free trial. There's a bunch of different teachers, I think 12 of us, that show up once a month live for live coaching in the personal development space. Koya is on there. I'm on there. It's an amazing platform. You can check it out right now at growthday.com slash Jenna. That's growthday.com slash Jenna. And you can learn from Koya and myself every single month on a variety of topics that we cover in the personal development space. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Let's face it, life and business can be stressful. And it's not just your mind that suffers when you're feeling tense or anxious. Stress can also affect your digestion and your immune system too. So what do we do about it? Introducing Just Calm, the breakthrough new stress soothing formula from Just Thrive. Say hello to a steady, serene, more relaxed you. Just Calm's proprietary mood lifting blend is clinically proven to help you relax and breathe a little easier in as little as four weeks. And for next level mood TLC, there's Just Thrive Probiotic. This is the probiotic my whole family swears by. This spore probiotic banishes bloat and constipation so your gut can produce more serotonin, which is your happy hormone. Plus, it supports better sleep so you can wake up feeling refreshed and revitalized. With Just Calm and Just Thrive Probiotic, you'll have the ultimate stress-fighting duo to help you win the day every day. To learn more about Just Thrive, tune into episode 734 with their founder, Tina Anderson. I loved chatting with her about the gut-brain connection. 
And if you're ready to take control and live your healthiest life yet, you can get 20% off your first 90-day bottle of Just Calm and Just Thrive probiotic today. Visit justthrivehealth.com and use a promo code Gold Digger. Take control today with Just Thrive. That's justthrivehealth.com, promo code Gold Digger.